Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. It's up to you, uh, after being delivered this morning, to keep that deliverance. And you, I hopefully that you have learned enough this weekend to learn how to do it. It's very simple. Those familiar spirits cannot come back unless you let them come back. How do you do that? Simply say, no. I've been delivered. I won't cross back over to that. I won't, I won't listen. I won't listen to you telling me that I am not adequate. I'll not listen to you telling me that I'm not worthy. I'm not listening to you telling me that I can't. I'm always going to be broke. I'm always going to be sick. I'm always going to be this. I'm always going to be that. I'm going to use the Word of God. And that's what this is about. It's about you coming to that place. And, you know, when you stop and you really think about this thing and you begin to really realize how hindered we have become, we've spent a lot of time in churches teaching people how to do a lot of things. And I'm not sure what all those things are, but they're things. And if we'd spend a lot more time teaching people how to become free and how to stay free, we would have been a long way ahead from where we're at today. But we didn't do that, did we? What we did was we got ourselves locked up into too much of church and we got ourselves locked up into trying to, to build kingdoms and, and trying to bless God to impress people because look how many people we got in the room and, and uh, golly gee and golly gee this and that and everything else. And it just hadn't worked. And that's the reason we're beginning to see. You know, I've, I have been talking about a mass exodus from the church for a long, long time. Somewhere, somewhere in probably the late 80s, early 90s, uh, that I began to talk about it happening. The first indication that I ever had of a great exodus was down in Brazil. And I was, uh, when we were there and, and, and holding meetings, all of a sudden began to find out that most of the people in the crowd was, was Catholic people. And I thought, well, what is going on? And come to find out, they were coming to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were leaving the Catholic organization and becoming Pentecostal. Now, folks, that mass exodus that happened in Brazil out of the Catholic Church was real, still going on today, and the Catholic Church is about to have kittens, if you will, because they couldn't slow it down. They couldn't stop it. But see, back in the 80s, I began to say that, that within the, even the Catholic Church itself, because they, they, they came up against God so hard over the infillment of the Holy Ghost, over speaking in tongues, over healing, and over miracles, that I said, before this is over, even the Catholics will have said that it would work out all right with them to have healing services, baptism of the Holy Ghost services, laying on of hand services in the basements of their churches. And they're doing that today all over the world. Now, what's that about? That's about a God that transitioned and went past an organization and they got so far by it and the church wanted to do something and the only thing they can do to save that, that, that thing that needed to be buried centuries ago is bless God to try to go back now and try to do what? Do something that will intrigue the people to stay in the organization. The problem is, folks, church is not an organization. Jesus Christ never had a building. 
Okay? And, and that's the reason I'm saying, and people all over the country ask me, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is they're going to come out. Now we're seeing Exodus happening out of the churches in America. People are leaving the churches. Where are they going? Most of them don't know where they're going. You know why they don't know where they're going? Because they're fed up with where they have been. And it's just that simple. They, they want to go. They believe God, but they have heard, they, they have seen all the dances. They have seen all the, the, the you know, the, the movie stars come and, and, and sing and carry on. And, and they've been in all the churches sings and all the things that took place with that. And yet they're still sick. They're still broke. They're still depressed. They're still, their families are out here on drugs and everything else. And they're saying, hey, this thing doesn't work. See, realism comes to all of our lives. Remember me saying, there comes a time in all of our lives when you find that one quiet little moment that you're sitting there by yourself, staring at the wall, looking out the window, driving down the road, whatever it is, and you have to face the fact of the realistic end of whether or not what you're doing is really working or it's not working. We all have to do that, and we all do that. And when you begin to examine and it comes up short, the thing that you begin to say is, where am I going to go? Do you realize how many people across America say to me, where am I supposed to go to church? I said, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I, you know, I, I heard you say that if we go to the church that doesn't believe what we believe and if they got doctrine that is in error, then we're partaker of the doctrine. I said, that's exactly the way it works. That's what the Bible says. So what do we do? I said, stay home. I said, I've got, it's hard telling how many hundreds of hours of teaching I've got on CD and DVD at this point in time. If you can't do anything else, get them. Sit down and let that be your church service. You're better off doing that than you are going into these dead churches and taking on the doctrine that they have and then having to do what? Take the curse from the doctrine and then people don't know what's going on. Folks, it's time that we wake up and understand that God has spiritual laws and when you, when you defile those laws, then you walk into the curse in which, the curse of which that law tells you that you'll be into. And when you defile God, then you're cursed. So you're better off not to be there than to be there. And people say, well, what are we going to do? Look around. This is what's going to happen. This is going to happen all over America. And it's going to grow. And I told you from the first time we met here a year ago, we're going to fill this thing up and it's not going to hold what we're going to be doing here. I don't know whether it's next year or two or when it's going to come, but it's going to come. Why? Because it's not because I'm a great preacher. I wish it was. It's because, bless God, that God is doing something that is going to be so, uh, you can't, you won't be able to deny what is going in the hearts? What is in your hearts that's in this room today is in thousands of hearts in America. They want something real, but they don't know how to find it. And most of them that are running out here and getting into this messianic thing are getting into so much legalism, they're going to forget about Jesus Christ even existing. And, there's that, and that's all out of balance. And let me tell you something. Does anybody see me praying a prayer when I put this to lead on? No, you don't. You know why? It's not a command. It's not a command. And yet we're all learning all these Hebrew prayers so we can do what? Impress God or impress the people around the block or the people that come and sit down in your services? What is that about? I'll tell you what that's about. It's about nonsense. Speaking Hebrew isn't going to get you any closer to God. Learning the Word of God is going to get you everything that there is from God. We'll spend more time into the Scriptures and a whole less time, bless God, trying to act like a bunch of Jews. We're going to be better off. Well, somebody needs to hear that, and I just told you so. Do with it whatever you need to do. 
The, the thing that I have said from, from the outset of this thing, because I'm an Orthodox Jew, I can keep you out of legalism if you'll just sit down long enough and shut up and learn something. What happens is everybody's got a better idea than I've got. Everybody thinks, well, you know, we, well, now I'm going to tell you what, Brother Deckard, we, you know, I mean, we do, we got to you, we do all this. Uh, wonderful. Where is that going to get you? You think that is impressing God? Keep the command. Keep the command. Keep the commands of God. That's what God is saying. God, God's not interested. God's not interested. But God, as I said, you can stand on your head and turn in circles and whistle, and whistle, and whistle uh, the star-sprinkled banner. That's not going to move the hand of God. You may be proud of yourself because you did it, but that's not what this thing is about. This thing is about getting you in balance where you'll keep the festivals, keep New Moon, keep Shabbat, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, the, the, the thing that I am seeing, and I, I mentioned it a couple times this weekend, that disturbs me greatly is a lot of the movement today, uh, we're not, we're spending so much time teaching people how to do the Hebraic, uh, how to read and how to pray these prayers and how to do all this stuff. There's Messianic groups today that aren't even into the Word, except through trying to show you and to teach you the Hebrew side of this thing. Folks, it said, and the testimony of Yeshua. It didn't say, it didn't say, see again, what we're going to do is we're pulling this, the church is over here in the ditch. And we're pulling the church out of the ditch through the Messianic thing instead of bringing it to the middle of the road. No, no, we can't do that. We're going to just take it over here and we're going to throw it in the ditch over here and so we can look different, act different, and bless God, speak Hebrew so everybody knows we are the real McCoy. I'm going to tell you what the real McCoy is. It's the anointing of God that can raise the dead and bless God change lives. That's what the real McCoy is all about. That's what I think that I can bring into your life. But I can't bring that into your life if you're going to get hung up on how important it is that, bless God, every time you pray, you've got to pray a Hebrew prayer to put the, put the, the, the tallit on you. Grow up. But you see, that's, that, that's what happens to people. That's the reason that, that, you know, the Bible is full. You know, let, let the older women teach the younger girls. Let the older men teach the, teach the young men. What's that about? Well, you know the thing that I find myself telling people? I've been in ministry for 31 years. You've been in ministry for four. You need about 27 more years to know what I know. Smarten up and understand. I have been there, and I've been back again in a lot of those areas. I can teach you what I know. No more than what I know, but what I know I can teach you. But what I do know and what I do see is we're going to have as big a mess with the Messianic movement as we had with anything else that's ever come. If this thing goes long enough without the Lord God coming to rescue us, we're going to have a, as big a mess as we ever had in the Charismatic, ever had in the Pentecostal, ever had we ever had in anything else. Why? Because we're going to go to seed with it, because we're going to do the same thing that the, the church has always done. We're going to start out right, and then somebody's going to get this better idea of how, you know, we can't, you know, the big, but we've got all these arguments going on when we're going to, when to keep new moon, you know, when, when to keep the true Sabbath. When to do all this? Do you think that God penalizes you if you do it according to the place that you live in? Not one iota. Grow up. See, that's not that, that, that's not going to. Uh, sure, you can keep it. When they keep it over to Jerusalem, that's fine and dandy. If that's what you think you got to do, but if you think that I'll be any less blessed because I keep it by the calendar and the clock that's here in America, you are absolutely judgmental, and you'll be judged for that. Grow up. You know, I keep saying a little common sense will take you a long way with the things of God. The problem is we've got people that have no common sense at all thinking that they know all about what's going on, and they don't. Now, 
What's that got to do with familiar spirits? Well, that is a familiar spirit. See, a spirit that will come to make you think that you know so much is a familiar spirit. It's a spirit that, well, see, see, we have a spirit of inadequacy, and then there's also a familiar spirit that will come that's a know-it-all spirit and knows everything about everything, and you can't tell people, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, oh yeah, brother, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, brother, I know that. And my thing is, yes, you get turned on to this thing, and you need to get turned on to it. But, but you know, I, I think, and I like, I like the way it, uh, it was done. Who in the, where in the country has done this has taken a full year to do nothing but just work on Sabbath. But some group here in the, in the United States, I can't think of it just exactly who they are, and they have spent a whole year doing nothing but working on Shabbat, trying to just to put it together, trying to concentrate on it, trying to do the festivals as they came, and, and not trying to just uh, do it all and jump into it and think it all has to be done. See, God honors the heart. The intent, the purpose of the heart is what God judges. So God is looking at, He's not looking at how quickly you can learn all this stuff. He's learning how well you're going to learn it when you do learn it. And if we're not careful, we get to, we get into this thing, well, it's showtime, and we got people coming, so we got to put on a little show, and we got to do something that they're not doing down the street at the local Baptist church, the local Catholic church, the Pentecostals, the Charismatics, and even the Messianic movement. We got to do something different here so we can get these people in. So we start all of this crap. And that's where we get ourselves in trouble. What is that? It's a know-it-all spirit. It is a familiar spirit that needs to be delivered. That's the reason that I keep saying you can't have anything going on without having a head that has the experience, the knowledge, and the wisdom behind it. You are a fool if you try that. Why? Because you don't have any idea. You know, I go back to I go back to the same thing. I'll tell you what. One time, let me tell you what happened to me that brought me into realization of this thing. I just gotten into the ministry, and and there was a man, the blessed God, that was a, a preacher, and he had been ministering for uh, about forty two or three years, and uh, he was uh, in fact he was uh, seventy five years old, and he said to me, he said, Brother Deckard, he said, I enjoyed your ministry, and I said, Oh. Now, folks, I'm straight out of the, you know, I'm straight out of the, out of the, out of the school of Knox that I sat under for about seven years. That old, the meanest, the meanest man that ever walked the face of this earth, that old prophet. And and so I'm. Somebody noticed. Finally, somebody's noticed. You know, I said, well, thank you, thank you, Pastor. I said, I appreciate that. And he said, Brother Dagger, let me give you one bit of advice since you're just starting in the ministry. And and I said, oh yeah, brother, I, I wisdom I can handle. And he said, try this one on. And, and anyway, he said, uh, to have 75 years of, of, uh, of uh, wisdom, you have to live 75 years. I said, yeah. He said, you ain't lived that long yet, boy. And so I left there, and I'm a little huffy in myself when I leave, you know, wrong spirit. <laughs> I got in the car, and I started down the road, and I thought, the old man's right, isn't he? I could, he probably forgot more Scripture than I know. He probably quit preaching and teaching things that I was trying to struggle with to have understanding with. He probably had passed far enough past that, that 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 was something so far back in his life it was so elementary that he didn't he didn't even teach those things anymore to that congregation. And then it dawned on me to have seventy five years of experience, you've got to live seventy five years. 
Now, folks, this is one of the problems that I have with a familiar spirit that's so rampant in America right now. We've got all these people sitting around in, 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 in their living rooms or in their basements or in a church that has never had enough time behind a holy beamer pro, pro, uh, pulpit, and yet they're coming up with all of this, God said this and God said that stuff. You know what the story of is? Same thing. You've got to be 75 years old to have 75 years of experience. If you've never had any time here, I doubt very, very seriously if you're going to have very much come from God that's going to do anything but guide. Now listen, guide you and your family. See, we've got people out here trying to guide people's lives that their own lives are still a mess. You know what that is? That's an abomination to God. You can't guide somebody until you have been guided. People talk about, well, humility. I can tell you about humility. And I've spoken about it often. That old man, I, I, he would purpose. I know he would purpose. He didn't, but I just knew that he did. In his heart, on Sunday night, the biggest crowd of the week, to walk out in the audience, stand up, Brother Decker. God's got something for you. Brother Decker would like to got under the pew. Because I knew what was going to happen, because it happened every Sunday night. Brother Deckard, the Lord God said, if you didn't quit doing such and such and such and such, you're going to suffer some grave consequences as a start next week. Now, was he right? Well, yeah, he was right. But he didn't have to tell the whole world about it. And I'm standing there going, you could talk all day and not said that. Then I say, God, that can't be you. You would not humiliate. That's not love. Oh, yeah. You know, some of us have to be loved on just a little bit differently than others. You know what I'm saying? Some of us, bless God, has got to be talked to in a way we can understand a little more than others. And I happen to be one of those. Now, what would have happened to me if I had not have submitted myself for, it went on to, going towards seven years, actually, with this old man, this old prophet. And he was a prophet of God. Now, uh, well, I'll tell you what would have happened. I'd have been just as flaky as some of you and more flaky than most of them that's out there. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something. You have to serve. Now, let me, let, let me tell you, because there is a spirit that bless God of serving. Now, it's not a familiar spirit, but it's the spirit of God. If you're not willing to serve, and you're not willing to learn, and you're not willing to receive correction, then you're, not, you're never going to be asked by God to stand and to serve people from the Bema. It, it doesn't work that way. See, I gravely question, folks, I'm meeting some people that are, that are you know, they're known around the nation. And you know, so far I've not met any of them that's ever sat under a prophet. What they've done is gone out to a few meetings, and bless God, got himself all lined up and learned whatever. See, you can sit down and learn everything. I, you can memorize. That's the word I want to use. Memorize all the stuff that's back there on that table. But memorization isn't what this is about. It's a heart work. It's a heart work, and it's understanding how God does things. What God does is God brings us forth. He, you are born again. Remember, that's what we're taught in Scripture. When you become a Christian, you are born again. You are a new creature in Christ. All right? Now, when you're a baby in the natural, do you start, did, did you start uh, uh, talking? Did you start going to school? Did you start uh, uh, jumping up and down? No. You laid there for how many months? Well, mothers would know this thing. I guess most of us dads wouldn't. 
But when you were what? One, 18 months old, a year old, whatever it is, you start, you finally start trying to take a few steps. Well, see what happens to us as, a, as adults. We believe, we go to church, we get turned on with the Holy Ghost, and bless God, the next thing we do is become experts in the field. You know, and, and as I said the other night, the problem with that is you are limited and you're not understanding how limited you really are. If you have never, if you have never been uh, involved with, uh, with the orthodoxy, the orthodox Jews, then I got news for you. You couldn't know what goes on there. You don't have any idea what's going on there. And that's the, that's the, that's the part that I keep saying about the Messianic movement. The Messianic movement is going to end up being another thing called the Talmud before this thing's over. Because they're into all the crap. They're not, they need a real prophet of God. They need somebody that's been there, somebody that knows what's going on, that they can tell you, yeah, you, we're going to do this. No, we ain't going to do that. And cut out all that stuff so we can get onto the things and the deeper things of God. Get into the meat of God. That's what God wants us to do. If this is the last generation of, on this earth, do you think God really wants us spending our time learning all this Hebrew stuff? Oh, i got news for you. There's more important things. Let me just give you one. To learn how to bring those angels into your life so that when the time comes, those angels will be there to be able to put the food on your table that you're going to need in these days that are coming that's called the mark of the beast because it comes. And it's closer than you and I would even dare want to even talk about today. It's coming. But no, we think it's more important that we learn how to read and write Hebrew than it is, bless God, how to teach people how to walk into the miraculous. I don't understand that kind of stuff. Because the fact of the matter is, folks, that's what we have done in the church for centuries. We have duped the people into believing all kind of things that wasn't the truth. All kind of things that didn't make any difference in your walk with Jesus Christ. And what we see is, and what is it? It's a familiar spirit. And that spirit comes and it begins to bring falsehoods. Because you know what darkness wants to do? Darkness wants you going that way if God wants you going that way. And they've got to come to you. And I don't care if you're the, the most Holy Ghost filled. And there's nobody the most Holy Ghost filled. Christian on the block, a familiar spirit, if you yield to it, will take you off of that path and get you going down over here, and you'll get so busy and so tied up in trying to do all this stuff over here. You remember, you remember what the sister said to the other sister? And then what Jesus said, that she said, she's busy about nothing. Remember, Lazarus' sister, she's busy about nothing. Most of us in the Messianic movement is busy about nothing. We're not gaining anything. We're not teaching people how to bless God to, to, to get into the thing for the anointing of God to come and destroy the yoke in people's lives. We're doing this. And you know what this is up here? This is an enemy of God. More than that, it's an enemy of you. What does it do? Bless God, it will steal everything. Why? Because you think practically with this. The Spirit, you see, the, the different the Spirit. And, and, and I remember all the years ago, and I, I began to, 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 you know, God would say, you know, somebody come in and God say, you tell the people that that person right there is going to leave uh, walking tonight. They come in in a wheelchair. And boy, your mind goes, oh, you idiot. Well, what is wrong with you? Why would you say something like that? So the different the, the mind would never be stupid enough to say that. Because how do you know that that person is going to get out of that wheelchair? Oh, by the Word of God. No, 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 no. Let's get down to where we're living. Your mind is sitting there going, <laughs> if that doesn't happen, there'll be nobody show up here next week for church. 
Let's get real. Let's talk about the way that it really is. But you see, the Spirit knows. And, and, and bless God, when you understand that, that you don't do this up here, 90% of the time is contrary to what's going on with the Spirit of God anyhow. So you've got to learn to do what? You've got to learn to control your mind. You have to learn to tell your mind to shut up. We'd be going down the road and all of a sudden I'd be driving and I'd say, Shut up! In Jesus' name, mind. Because why? My mind was trying to tell me all kind of things contrary to God's Word. Do you know what? If you'll do that, it'll shut up. Why? Because it has to be submitted to the name that's above every name. Even your mind has to submit to God. But if you're not going to submit your mind, and again, that, that's the reason why we get ourselves into, into these positions where one day we're in, the next day we're out, one day we're healed, the next day we're not, one day we got finances, the next day we can't believe for that, one day we have arthritis, the next day we don't. You don't even know what the score is. And I, the Lord told me that one time. He said, you don't even know what the score is. I said, what do you mean I don't know what the score is? He said, well, he said, one day you believe for this, and the next day you don't believe for it. He said, either believe for it or don't believe for it. I, I said, well, I'm believing for it. He said, no, you're not believing for it. If you were believing for it, you would quit this business that's going on. He said, and that's what he told me. He said, you know what, what's going on? You are wanting to believe your mind, your five senses, more than you want to believe my word. But he said, my word is life. Your mind is not life. And that's the difference in working the works of God and never work in the works of God. The discipline. And see, and, I, and that's, that's something else that I want to be sure that you understand before you leave here today. You have to discipline yourself. We were talking, uh, I think John and I were talking this morning about the fact that when I started, when I started in and I, I, I come under that, the meanest old man in the world, as I call him, I was sure that it would be just a, a, probably, you know, three, six months and he would recognize the fact that he's got himself a whoopy doopy prophet right there in the room, ready to go. He'd be pouring the oil. There'd be a big ceremony. Hmm? Probably the glory cloud would come in, and bless God, everybody would know the prophets arrived. Now, that was in the first uh, few months that I was there. Well, let me tell you something. After about six, about five and a half years sitting under that old man, I wouldn't want to go anywhere because I had begun to learn and I began to find out I didn't know squat. I didn't have any more business standing behind one of these holy things than a man in the moon. And I sat there and I thought, dear God in heaven, I was comfortable. I was sitting under a real prophet, a prophet that was in control, a prophet that was seasoned, a prophet that blessed God that I could trust, a prophet that was making me grow up. And then all of a sudden, one night, I woke up and the anointing was running through me and the angel was standing at the end of the bed and the angel said to me, he said, it's time to go forth into your ministry. I said, well, I didn't, I, I didn't think so. And he said, well, he said, the reason God sent me was is because if he waits until you think you're ready at this point, you won't go. And you know something? He was right. Because I was happy where I was at. I had it made where I was at. I had somebody watching over me, somebody that was there that when I made it, when I squeaked wrong, wasn't afraid to tell me that I squeaked wrong. And I had learned and I had developed and bless God, and I'll never forget when the old man decided he was going to put me in charge of a Sunday school class, the men's Sunday school class. Now, he said, now, Brother Decker, I had to go in his office, sit down. He said, now, Brother Decker, he said, I now feel by the Spirit of God that you're ready 
you're ready to go forth. And he said, I'm going to let you teach the adult men uh, or Wednesday night adult men Bible study. I thought, ah, the old man finally saw the light. <laughs> finally took time to pray about old Deckard, and God said, oh, yes, this is my prophet. Put him in position. He said, but I'll never forget this. He said, you see that stack of tapes over there? Yes, sir. He said, that's all you're to teach. And he said, I want it on tape, and if I hear you say one thing different than I... He said, I even want you to tell the same dumb jokes that I tell in the same place. <laughs> well, how am I going to express my spirituality doing his stuff, right? Now, Don is sitting up there grinning because that's the way I've raised every piece of ministry up that I've ever raised around the world, and I've ordained thousands of them by now. You know why? You could come up here and say everything you think you've got spiritual revelation about and have it all done in about ten minutes at best. Some of you might not even need a, a whole five minutes to get it done, and the rest would be a bunch of bullshit. What do you think about that? I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. And that's the reason I'm saying we've got a lot of people out here instead of wanting to follow, they're wanting to lead, and they're not capable of leading because they have never really followed. They've been to the meeting, they've read the right book, they've even got some of the CDs, and look at me, I've now arrived. Then I'm going to tell you something. You want to arrive in front of a real prophet, he will pour the oil, lay his hands on you, and he will send your lower hiney out that door, uh, elevated by the anointing, a place that you've never been, that you can get started. Until then, I just stay sitting and learning. That's what I would suggest that you do. You say, well, I don't think I like all that. Well, get over it. Moses, you know, had a problem with saying, who am I? You know, in Exodus, the third chapter, I think it's in the 11th verse, and you can look there if you want, but he had a problem because he said, who am I? What was he? He felt inadequate. He said, no, I think he was humble. Well, the Bible said he was the most humble man that ever walked the face of this earth, but I don't think humility had anything to do with what he had to say there. There was an inadequacy spirit that came in him. He said, God, I, 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 don't, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't talk all that well. I, 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 you know, let, 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 my, let my brother do that. We get into these things. That's not the problem today. By the way, we, we don't have a problem uh, with people in the, wanting in the ministry feeling inadequate. What we got with people in the ministry, uh, bless God, they, they went, well, th th there's none of that anymore. They're all out there. They're all trying to figure out. Uh, folks, I get people weekly call, email me that want ordained. So I was in service with you, and, and I, want, I, I want to be ordained of God. And I said, you know, I don't even write them back. Don't want nothing to do with them. Why? Bless God, I want to tell you something. I get responsible for you. You hear me? When you, when you receive ordination out of this ministry, I'm responsible for you. You poo-poo on, if you poo-poo on the floor, that, it's going to get on me. And I don't want it on me. I've got all the problems I need without having to stand before God with, with the fact that you can't get your act put together. And that's the other side of the story that I keep saying over and over again. You know, there's some people that are so, so spiritual, they're no earthly good. Especially when the Word does what? Persecution arises for the Word's sake. That's what Donna ministered yesterday at noon, or yesterday afternoon. When the Word comes, you're going to be persecuted for the Word's sake. 
And that's the reason we end up losing out, you know. That's the reason we, we think, well, we're doing all this stuff. And that was another thing that I kept saying. The more you learn, the more you're going to have to, you're going to have to give account for. The more you're going to have to bless God, you're going to have to uh, stand up and, and try to find a way to, to convince God that, uh, that uh, bless God, that you shouldn't be tested on. That's the reason you can't see. Uh, well, I think there's a few uh, people mentally that have jumped grades uh, or say they're in the sixth grade and somebody says, well, let's test them. I think they can be in the eighth grade. I think there's some of those genius minds that have happened. Uh, I think they're far and few in between, but I think they do. Most of us need to understand something. You're going to have to go all the way through the classes and go all the way through the grade. You don't just, see, uh, it doesn't bring you, uh, uh, again, a familiar spirit will try to convince you that you don't need to go through all the classes. See, it takes a year in the United States here to, to go from the first grade to the second grade, a school year, okay? Some of us have decided that we will go from kindergarten to the eighth grade in one year. Some of us has decided that we'll go from the fourth grade and we will graduate from college with a doctorate degree then following in, in, in a year. It doesn't work that way. You have lied to yourself. Now listen to me, because some of you can stand up here today and say amen. You probably won't because, because your pride wouldn't let you. But that's what's happened to some of you people that are sitting right out here today. You have thought you were somewhere that you ain't. And that's what's happened to you. You have high and lifted yourself up, thought you are, and in reality, you're either broke, depressed, sick, your family's sick, something's going wrong, something's taking place. And folks, I got news for you, that's not the way this thing works. It doesn't work that way. The demonstration of the power of God comes because we have learned how to walk first in humility before the Lord God in love. Then we have learned how to bless God to do what? How to operate in the supernatural things of God by His Word. And we're, and we're not, we're not backward about, about saying, see, that's the reason I say you can't, you can't, listen to me, you can't be hearing God tell you all these wonderful things and your life be a mess. Because you want to know why? And I can give you rule one. The first thing that's going to happen to you, and it's up to you as to how long it takes, it could take five years, it could take ten years, it could take the rest of your life. But the first thing that you're going to understand is God is going to speak to you about is you, the mess that you are, and then when He tries to start getting you straightened up or begins to get you straightened up, then what's He going to do? He's going to begin to have you begin to straighten your families up. And what some of you have done, you've never got you straightened up, nor your family straightened up, and you're out here thinking now you're ready to stand and say, oh, look at me, here I am. Gift of God, and I will teach you into all the things of God. Baloney. And that's what's wrong with about 90% of what we got going on out here in the church world today. We've got people that have, in their minds, see, there's the problem again, and in their minds, they have elevated themselves High and lifted up. They didn't go through the school of hard knocks in the Holy Ghost. They didn't go through the learning of the Word. They didn't go through sitting under some hard-nosed prophet that doesn't care whether most of the time they live or they die. But they're all ready to go out here and bless God and try to tell you how to live your life when their life isn't worth 15 cents. Folks, if it works that way, then God will go back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because it doesn't work that way. Some of you got wives, some of you got husbands that aren't serving God, and you're out here thinking that you can be God's what? You'll never be what God wants you to be if your wife 
or your husband's not serving God because you're one flesh. And that sin of that man or that sin of that woman will drag you down. You fast and you pray and you die if you have to die to get it straightened up before you ever come and tell me God said anything to you. Because that's what the priorities are. You sound like Brother Decker. You want nobody to be preachers. God needs preachers. But He needs preachers that can be something and change people's lives through His Word. Not through, because what what, what, what do you got to say about it? What, what, what are we going to talk about? What are you going to do about it? And then we have the ones that bless God, got all God saying this, and thus saith the Lord that. And then bless God, they call on the phone and they're about to commit suicide and everything else. What is that? It's a familiar spirit. God, it don't work that way, folks. My Lord and my God, all that God's let me do, all that what I, I do, I've got to, you can ask my wife. My life doesn't do this. Bless God, that's the reason I sat under the meanest old man in the world, so it would do that. And he saw to it that it did that. One day he walked up to me and he said, now, Brother Edgar, he said, I don't doubt one bit that one day you won't travel the four corners of this earth and raise the dead. But he said, right now I've got grave, grave thoughts of the fact that you're not even going to get out of the pew that you're sitting in in this church if you don't get your thumb out of your ear and start participating more in God's Word than you are. Man alive, get off my back. You know something? Do you know why most athletes become the Michael Jordans of this world? Somebody was on their back from the time they were this size until they were the further at today. Human nature does not cause us as individuals to push ourselves. There's very few self-motivated individuals in the world. And that's the reason that we need to somehow to submit ourselves and somehow trust somebody enough that's going to tell us when we're truly ready and not, and not bless God lie to us. See, right now where we're at, and, and, and I mentioned, I think, briefly, but we're going to try to hold... Uh, our first national convention this summer. I think it's going to be out here in St. Louis. All right, we'll keep watching on the internet, and you can find out when. We're going to we're going to have an organizational meeting. It's not going to be a uh, what we've done like this weekend. It's truly going to be sitting down and, and hammering out the things that we need as to what the goals, uh, how we're going to get there, who we're going to ordain, how we're going to ordain them, and what we why because we're going to start setting up uh, house churches, home churches, home fellowships all over the United States, and they're going to grow. People that's got ministry are going to come in, or they're going to grow there. They're going to then we're going to split those uh, those uh, houses uh, uh, up, and uh, that person that's ready to get into ministry is going to start a house uh, uh, fellowship in their home or in their, a little building somewhere, and it's going to grow so on and so forth, and it is going to overtake. Yeah, it's going to be as common knowledge uh, this stuff going on because it's going on everywhere, and we've got people now in in numbers of cities that are ready to do this. But you know what we don't have? We don't have the ministry. We don't have the ministry. We got two brothers here that resigned from the Assembly of God organization. Been in a long time, Minnesota. They're here to learn. Now, as 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 ministers, once they learn, and, and once they learn, and we were just talking yesterday. Well, don't you think we need to spend a year uh, just really learning it before we? And he's right. Because why? They were trained. They, were, they didn't just go out because they wanted to go out into ministry. But you see, it's these kind of men 
that bless God that we're going to be able to get trained up and we're going to get, get them set in place that's going to begin to make the difference. And there's people going to come under them, then they're going to teach them. There's only one of me. I can't be everywhere. I'm going to be over it, but I'm not going to be everywhere. We're quarterly. We're going to keep holding the meetings. We will get to the place where we'll have meetings uh, uh, maybe on a quarterly basis. It'll only be for the ministers. Won't be for the won't be for the, the, the congregations, for the fellowships, just the ministry themselves. Because the ministry has to be ministered to. And if they don't get ministered to, they get caught up and I mean after all, who are they gonna go to? Well they'll have me to come to, obviously. But the fact of it is, folks, that's the way this thing's gonna it's that's the way this thing's gonna evolve. Why? It's not me and it's not you. It's time. The time is that God is drawn by his spirit absolutely the people back as the remnant unto him. And, and the fact of it is, and, and that's the reason I keep screaming, stop, stop what's going on in this mess that we got going on called the mess. Stop it. we got people out here trying to run this thing that can't run their own lives. That's what I just said. Stop it. we got people out here that's been in four years. I, I think John and I talked about a, a, a fellowship that he's... Uh, knows, oh well, I'll just say that, that, that he knows about. And bless God, they have, and they're very cautious about what they're doing. You know what it is? They need real leadership. That is a pastoral role. They need a prophet. The prophets know where we're going. The prophet knows how to get you there, and he will get you there. It may be a little rough on the edges, but he will get you there. He may not all say the things that you enjoy all the time, but he'll say the things that are right. And then, then the, the anointing of God will stand up and and uh, confirm those things. So, so well, what am I saying? Stop it. Just stop. Just understand. You can't just... Well, I feel God, Brother Deckard, told me to go out here and do this. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You might have told, heard God tell you to go to the bathroom this morning, too. And before, with me, there's probably not a lot of difference in that voice that you just heard from one to the other. And people don't like that kind of... But, folks, somewhere along the line, this stuff has got to end. You can't be a leader unless you have said. Do you know what the you know what they did in the New Testament? It said, and they I think it I think it said they fasted and prayed and laid hands on them and sent them out. Okay, and it may have been that they that they that they prayed, laid hands on them and sent them out. But I think it said they fasted and prayed. I, I look and see, I've forgotten. But you see, you don't self-appoint yourself. You don't do that. When you start doing that, what you're doing is is saying. I have no covering. Well, Jesus is my covering. He better always be your covering. But you also have to come under the authority somewhere that is in the flesh and the blood on the face of this earth now. And you see, I don't do it. And again, folks, I there's people, and I'm not going to name names, but there's people, and if I name some of the names, you'd, you'd send them my that bless God that are in high and lifted up ministries around this country, that bless God that have never set, never been corrected. But all they did was buy the tapes and learn something and say, let's get into this thing. We can do that. Well, you know, there's one thing that thou lackest, as I always said, and that's called what? It's called anointing. Now, now, you know, the Lord isn't depending upon anybody's ability. Okay? He's not dependent on your ability. What he's trying to depend on, bless God, is that I am the Lord thy God. He wants you. He wants you to understand that you. That, you know, in in essence, you'll never ever be adequate. But he don't want you to. You don't have to say that, feel that, or think that because he is our adequacy. He is it. 
And everything that he does, bless God, he does it because why? He has a purpose. I have watched a lot of good ministry that today is living in the world and not even ministering fall to the wayside because they didn't understand the rules. They didn't understand it. Well, brother, it just, things just got hell with me. We, I mean, things just went. I mean, turned to turned to dingy brown, and and we just we just got out of and give up. You know why? You know why? You opened up a floodgate because there. Are, you know, I, I, when I teach ministry, I begin to tell ministry. I said, there's one thing you got to understand: never defile knowingly your own ministry. Don't do that. You're going to fight enough spiritual battles that are going to come to you because you're in the ministry without you defiling. And when people get into ministry before the time that they're getting into ministry, what happens is the floodgate comes open, the devil comes in, and they can't combat the spiritual warfare that comes, and they blah, 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 blah. All these reasons why. And you know, I love it. I get blamed for some of it. Well, he's a real prophet. He's a... Well, I got news for you. I am a real prophet. And I got news for the other side. As I told you, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, take you to raise. I taught you, I brought you to teach you so you can grow up. So say, who do we turn to when we want to wah, wah, wah? Well, you know, I keep saying, I, we used to have a great big uh, pacifier, and we used to have people check it out. I'm thinking about buying some of them, and when you call, we'll just mail it to your home. And then when you get done with it, send it back to me. He said, well, that's a little, that, that, that'll, that's a humility. Yes, it is, and I mean for it to be. Anybody can quit, folks. The problem with quitting is a lot of people get forced into these areas because they're trying to reach into places where they're not ready to reach into, and the powers of darkness will run over you like a Mack truck because you're trying to tread out here and do something you ain't ready to do yet. And they're going, this is going to be fun. The next thing you know, instead of having the joy of the Lord, you got the old me and the old my syndrome. I don't know what's going to happen now. We really had it tough. Well, I got news for you. That's not God's fault. You're going to have, you know, as I said, you're going to go through, you're going to go through the fire. But let me tell you the other side of it. Most of this going through the fire isn't being sent through by God. It's because of our own ignorance we're going through the fire. Because of our ignorance. Because we don't understand. But God has a plan. And, and let me tell you who's got the, who's got the roadmap to that plan. Only the prophets have. We have the roadmap for seasoned prophets. We know. That's the reason I can stand here and I can talk to you about the facets of ministry the way I can talk to you because I've been there. I understand that. I've raised up ministry. I've, I've gone through all the things you can imagine with ministry. One time, a brother, uh, bless God, I, I would take all the tapes. Learned that from the old meanest old man in the world, too. And I'd take the tapes and I would listen because I wanted to hear what they had. Now, I gave them all... 30 minutes to say everything they wanted to say on the tape. It was an hour tape. Then the next week they could do the second part of that tape of mine. Okay? It was all about faith. And bless God, every once in a while I'd get one of, one of, one of these boys that didn't understand and I'd listen in there and they'd, uh, they'd get off on something, they'd say something, and I'd, I'd call them in the office. Well, I think you heard me tell a story about we had a, a picnic one summer and had all the, the seven churches involved and, and bless God, uh, and I got to these T-shirts go by, I visited the prophet's office and survived. And I thought three or four of them go by, and I said, what's that? 
Well, what's that going on? Well, well, Brother Decker, you know, you know, when anybody ministered and they didn't say what was on the tapes, and you know, and they didn't like it very well if there's people in the in the church, because you see, if I took you in the front office, those those tiles would go up about that far in the air when I started in, and everybody all the way out here could hear somebody was getting a butt chewing. And they say, well, I think I'll quit. I said, there's a door. Don't let it hit you in the butt on the way out. And take your family. And don't you ever, don't you ever cross that threshold of this place again. He said, well, why would you be like that? Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. We are a bunch of undisciplined brats. And that's what we are. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. How many of you I told you, stay off the Internet. Quit trying to get out here and learn all this messianic stuff. Some of it's right, most of it's not. You want to know you call and how many of you still are buying books and getting on the Internet. What's it about? I've got all the material you're going to need to learn what you're going to need to learn. When you get, when you get the oil poured on you and the hands laid on you and sent forth, then you start seeking God and seeing what you can find out on your own. And if you think the Internet's your God to answer to it, get after it. But I'm telling you, some of you sitting here are, are in trouble because now you're leaning in and saying, oh, 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 looky over here and looky there. You wouldn't know whether that was right and wrong if it come off the page and told you. See what I'm saying again? You're walking into places that you don't know. That's what the problem is. If I'm going to be your spiritual advisor, your spiritual guide, and your prophet, then you better listen. Learn my material first, and then when you think you've got it all down, then me and you will talk about it. Okay? You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, I do. At least I know that you're going to learn what I know that you've got to learn. When it goes past that, we'll see what takes place with it. But you know what again? Oh, well, you know, Brother Deckard, I'm, I'm a little more special than the rest of them in the room. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got a little more word in me. And I mean, I've been around. I've been to all the Messianic movement, movement in such and such city and all this and all that. Garbage. Garbage. You're going to have to prove. Isn't that what the Bible says? Prove your ministry. Prove it. How are you going to prove it? That is, folks, that, that, that didn't mean for you to go out here and start a fellowship. That means prove it right there where you're at as to the way that you're going to serve the ministry, the prophets that you're sitting under. That's what's proving your ministry. The church doesn't know that. Have no idea. Have no idea in the world that it's that. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Thank you.
אזי מלך, אזי מלך שמו נקרא.